It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Scharf. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Done Being Single. This is going to be a great episode. One of my favorite subjects. Why do you say that? Uh, relationships. Yes. Healthy ones, good ones, mm-hmm. stable ones, marriage. Uh, wow. I'm not liking this one already. Uh, things we're learning, things we've learned. Uh, we're still kind of new at this thing, and we've got great guests. Should I be concerned? Yes, because, well, we're going to talk about our problems. Always a good thing. Which you know I like to do. We, I do in know public. That you like. <laughs> it's, it's very cathartic. I'm kind of realizing there's not much in private these days. Well, not in, not in this world we're living in. No. But... Definitely not on this show, but... You know, the, the good part about doing this show is that we learn, um, you know, I wasn't kidding, we learn so much as we're doing it, and we are still new at marriage. We've been at yes. it, you know, five years, mm-hmm. and there's just so much great advice out there, and so many smart, insightful people. So admit it, we're really doing this show to get free therapy. Well, really... <laughs> we'd have gotten thousands of it's, dollars yeah. of free therapy. You know, it, it really kind of pays for itself that way. But no, in, in reality, our show today is about how Six. to have a more successful relationship. Yes. And this has come into play for us because we have evolved over the five plus years that we've been together yeah. and have addressed some issues and, yeah, and still we have them. them. We, yes. But we're better. I hope them. so, yes. Well, yeah, we're better because I I think that, I mean, look, it's not easy getting married at this age. You know, I've said it before, I've never lived, I've never cohabitated with someone. So I don't know from successful relationships. I've never really had one. Because. Until the, now. <laughs> yeah. And it showed. Well, it showed for you too, buddy. Yeah, but success is relative to something in that. You know, I think it starts early on, our upbringing, our parental guidances, yes. the references we have for yes. love, who mentored us, if anybody, and what did we learn from that and how did we apply it in relationships? And so this is something that I know I have learned from, whether it's my parents or my sisters or friends. And Yeah, you... I got nothing. <laughs> that, don't say that. I had, you, you, I got no you, training. No, whatsoever. it's not that you have nothing. You you had you had negative nothing, which you had to you know, I always equate you have yeah. the toughest job of anybody because you had to not only stop a runaway train in a strange direction, but you had to correct it and and then reverse those engines and have them go back. I yes. Did Hear, yeah. You hear this sound? I, oh, you're patting yourself on your back, as you should. I'm patting myself on my back because, yeah, I'm a self, what's the word? Starter, initiator, learner. Mm-hmm. I figured it out. I did a lot of work, back to the work, did the work, and the process never stops. You learn, you keep learning. And what I've learned 
a lot about relationships is that the measure of success isn't the good times. It's not how bright and shiny you are. It's how well you get through the bad times and adversity. That to me is, and then our guests today are going to go into this because they say it's how well you get over the hurdles. And that is so true because it's how you fight. It's how you, it's how you manage conflict. That is the, the measure of success. And I think you and I are much better at it. You're definitely more, for, not forgiving, tolerant maybe, because my lovey here has, is he's, he's a perfectionist a little bit. He no, likes, he doesn't have a... That's not true, but well, I... Well, no, I, you I, are. I, you're a little bit critical. Well... Look, I just want to mention real quick, we're going to get into this, but just brief I, overview here. I can't of wait. what the four, so this, to so the title of our... No. You can run, babe, but you cannot hide. I just want to say it's getting over the hurdles and through the tough stuff. I know that's not anything new to everybody, but it's new to me. Um, And I will say that I am learning to, what does Robbie always say? Measure twice, cut once. That saved me from a lot of stuff, like potential hot button issues. So Robbie's had me slow down, take a breath, think twice before doing things and saying things, which has really helped in terms of our... Respond, don't uh, react. Our functioning. It's like tennis. Yes. And Robbie has really improved in that he hears me more. And sometimes I just need you to hold my hand. I need you to not talk, which is your natural inclination, because God bless you, you're a problem solver. You're a solutions-oriented guy. I love that. But sometimes, you know, you just want someone to hold your hand. You just want someone just to say, it's okay. You're going to be fine. We will get through this together. And I've come to realize how important that is for you, whereas that has never been something that I would gravitate towards first. So sometimes the most help I can be is not offering help and just being there and holding your hand. Which has helped immeasurably in those moments it helps us avoid escalation and then i wake up yeah that's when you're dreaming and then (laughs) (laughs) or maybe that's when you're dreaming i don't know uh no you you've really you've been great and i and i also want to say that i just went through a very long and difficult bout of pneumonia it took weeks and my husband god bless you he was just so patient and loving and kind and understanding and uh you took beautiful care of me and that was a that was a real test in sickness and in health it was a real seriously i get it like i get the whole in sickness and in health thing and it's just spoke volumes about you because first of all i'm not used to being taken care of i am super duper independent only child single forever the last thing i want to do is be a burden on anybody and there were times where I thought oh shit I'm really you know burning this guy out I was so afraid that you were going to get compassion fatigue yep I mean no you know (laughs) it's hard caring for someone day in and day out it gets stressful it actually is not if it's just part of a routine that you're accustomed to that I was exposed to good care when I was a kid and you know my mom you know this was 
that was instilled in me early on. I don't think that you had that from oh. your folks. Oh, no. Whatever issues I have, I will say they showed up. They were there for me, in good and bad. They were always there. So if I was sick, they'd stay home from work and, and stay with me and take care of me. But in terms of a man, you know, no. I don't know that feeling of being cared for and loved unconditionally, even when I'm super sick, by someone, and it just was really beautiful. Well, thank you, honey. So now I'm healthy, and I'm back to being a pain in the ass. So when I get sick, hopefully... You, you know, are not, but I would... No. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, now we're, like I said, <laughs> I'm back, and we're going to get into all kinds of fights again, because Robbie took it easy on me while I was... I can't wait. Let's get back to No, we're not, we're not going to get into No, no, but, no. But, you know, life happens. Shit happens. We have relationships all over the place, not just with each Certainly. other. We yes. have business relationships, friend relationships, mm-hmm. family relationships. You know, knowing how to navigate through them all is, is just fan, it's fantastic stuff. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, we can't wait. I think that we're going to go to a break the first, and then we will bring our guests on. Who are our guests today? Our guests are the great Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings. Wow. And married. Yeah. And awesome Incredible. people. Yeah. And also super patient since we canceled on them about... 17 times. Well, your medical issues kept you from being in front of a microphone. Yes. So we are going to go to our first break, and then we're going to come on with our guests, Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings. And we are back. I am going to bring on our guests right now, without further delay. Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings together run Soulmates Academy, an organization committed to breathing life into relationships by equipping people with the skills to build great relationships, enjoy better emotional well-being, health and happiness, and better manage tensions between homework and life. Oh, my God, that's the story of us. How do they know us? Um, Their approach starts with the belief that every relationship faces a similar set of hurdles and that success comes from being equipped to get over the hurdles as smoothly as possible rather than waiting until things break down to seek help. Over the last 20 years, they have helped countless couples learn how to have better conversations so that they can have better outcomes. And earlier this year... They summarize their core principles in a TED Talk, which I saw, the four habits of all successful relationships. They have a number of online resources with lots of practical tips and techniques to help couples develop and master the four habits as well as address other challenges that tend to derail couple relationships on their website at www.soulmates.academy. Their book is due out in 2020. Andrea and John live in London, England, have been married for 26 years have run three businesses together, and have two teenage children who keep them totally accountable wow. on all the relationship advice they give. Yeah. Welcome, Andrea and Sean. Welcome to... Thank you so much. What an introduction. Thank you, Trevor. Thanks, Trevor and Robbie. What a joy to be here. We're really looking forward to this call. Oh, that's mutual. Oh, we are so excited yes. to have you. I remember seeing you on, um, I, I don't know how I found you, but I found you on the TEDx Talks. And so I ran into Robbie and I said, I, I found our next guests. They, are, <laughs> wow. they, they speak our language. They speak to me. It really resonated what you talked about. I love the four habits. And I know our audience is going to love them, too. So first, I want to tell you, John, that I loved the way you looked at Andrea when she was talking. (laughs) So so many people have said that. But I just love listening to what she has to say. It melted my heart. It was... Do you know, Robbie, the four habits, we have to tell everybody, we weren't just um, 
just being intellectual about it. These were distilled out of getting or earning the scars or, or learning through earning the scars ourselves yeah. when we started our first business uh, in our second year of marriage, which is what twenty four years ago now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I love so, I love the ways Robbie you said earlier. You you were in the intro. You were saying, um, you know, talking about relationships. How are we going to do that? You know, should I be concerned? Right. I love that because our, our son is actually just preparing for an exam this week, a big exam. And I was saying to him, there's nothing to be afraid about. You just got to be ready for it. If you're ready for it, what's the biggie? You go into the exam knowing that, hey, you can do this. Yeah. And we think it's the same with relationships. If you, The more prepared you are for it, the easier it is to get over those hurdles. And we, we, as you mentioned in the intro, thank you for that. We like to think of relationships just as hurdles. And we think of a sprinter going down into the, um, into the starting blocks on a hurdles track, you know, in, the, in a track meet. And when they look up, they can see all these hurdles all the way to the finish line. And in relationship land, it is exactly the same. The only problem is when you look up, you can't see the hurdles. But as we right. all know now, those hurdles are there, right? They are. But the interesting thing is for relationships, if you've not really been in one or a successful one, how do you know how to prepare for this? You don't until these issues hit you in the yep. face. And then That's you have it. to deal with it. 100%. And that is so true. And what we realize is that there is no forum for you to learn any of these things up front and proactively before you're actually in a relationship. And the four habits that we talk about, we spoke about it in the TEDx talk in a coupled context, but they're so fundamental that they're relevant for any relationship that you have. Mastering these four habits is equipping you for great relationships in life with parents, with children, with teens, as we're learning and experiencing ourselves now, with friends, with everybody. It but, just sets you up well. But to your point, Robbie, how do you get those skills in advance of the challenges? And that's, that is what we, the, the, the nub of what we're trying to, uh, to address. So we're working with a lot of um, organizations and corporates. And what we do there is we say, look, guys, this needs to be part of your learning and development. You know, maybe even when people join these organizations, nobody is going to say no to joining a, I don't know, a successful law firm or a bank or a, um, I don't know, they name any successful organization out there. Nobody's going to say no because you're kind of set for life when you join, you know, you've got your financially set. The problem is because of the high pressure and the long hours and the lots of travel and the time apart and all those kind of pressures, joining an organization like that is almost signing a, you know, a death warrant for your relationship. I mean, the stats, we, we literally just did a survey here over here in the UK uh, recently, just over the summer. And officially it's not out yet, so we can't give you the full details of it. But what they did is they surveyed people who were earning at the higher end of the um, income brackets, um, so above average salaries and sort of high pressure, really demanding jobs. And where the national average for breakups is about 50%, mm -hmm. anecdotally, we sensed the, the, the numbers would come back higher, and absolutely it did. It came back at 69%. So pretty much 70% of all these people said, look, we're having a challenge. So what we're saying to these organizations is, you should be teaching these people the skills up front. You know, when, maybe when you promote them to a senior management position, or maybe when you send them on a long-term travel assignment, or um, when they, maybe even just when they go to start working from home. And anybody who's worked from home knows that, you know, you've got extra challenges when one of you is working from home if the other one happens to be around and, you know, the doorbell goes and somebody says, hey, honey, can you just get that for me? And you're like, I'm working. And you, I think you can't, everybody kind of knows where those conversations go. And then in, as well as in life transitions, you know, before you get married or, you know, partner with somebody at the beginning of that, when you have a first child, the things that will start to challenge the relationship, if we just 
get equipped and keep reminding ourselves and strengthening our ability to have these habits be the default yeah. response. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think Trevor said it earlier on in the introduction that, or, or, or you both probably said it, Trevor and Robbie, that doing these um, sessions for you is, is, is like your own personal therapy. It gives you a chance to hear it and practice it and just get better and better. And that's why we enjoy doing this as well. That's what got us started. You know, in, in when we started the business, we thought we had everything going for us. We were so in love. This is our, in our second year of marriage. Uh, we had management degrees. We had that was, that was 24, 24 years yeah. ago, 25 years ago now. We had um, all these uh, this corporate experience. Let's start a business together. How hard can it be, right? <laughs> and then it took us all of like three months <laughs> to discover just how hard it could be. And we almost wanted to kill each other at that point. It was a really right. frightening experience to go through. And that's when we started to understand the habits that we didn't recognize them as good habits then but the more we learned the more we started to share with everybody around us because yeah. we figured if those things could have tripped us up who else is going through what we're going through and so as we learned we shared and that's what distilled into the four habits that we have now well i love them let's get started Wonderful. let's get into them um, okay number one Habit number one, shall we say it or would yes. you like to say it? No, go ahead. No, we'll go for it. So habit number one is be curious, not critical. And I think that was the first thing that yeah. we, we learned when we ran the, you know, like our first experience of running the business together, because we went from what we would have called marital bliss, where everything was working well, we were earning great incomes, to starting a business, suddenly realizing that we were grating against each other and simple things would really irritate. So on paper, when you write it down, it just seems so trivial, but it became such a big deal, creating a real wedge between us. John is more attention to detail and more organized. Like, like Robbie, as I picked that up from your intro, <laughs> right. Mr. Perfectionist. <laughs> Yes. You know, you know, you said there, Robbie, you said measure twice, cut once. Yes. My dad used to say that, and he was the uber perfectionist. Yeah. So you come from a great stop there. Thank yeah. you. So, so that's basically John, and I <laughs> am not. I, <laughs> I like to be more creative, more free-flowing. You know, structure for me felt too restrictive, and planning ahead was just too formalized. You needed to be more free-flowing and so on. And that would show up in the way that I created client proposals, for example. And I would say to John, I just have this brilliant idea on how clients will respond to this. And he would take one look at it and say, I can't follow this. It doesn't make any sense. Where's the structure? The fonts are all over the place. And I would get upset that he was just picking on stuff and not realizing the brilliance in the idea. And he would get frustrated that in his mind, I was just being sloppy in the way I was presenting work. And simple things like that would trigger arguments in the office and it would follow us home. And it just became a cycle of frustration, really led us to despair. Yeah. And the, the crux of it is people aren't mad. When somebody does something, they do it for a reason. If they do something that's different to what you would do or what you would expect, they're not mad. Just stop yourself and just say, why did they do that? Mm -hmm. Normally, our default response is to say, what do you do that for, you stupid one? Whether you say that or not, <laughs> above your breath or under your breath, you're probably thinking it. What on earth do you do that for? And the trick or the habit that you want to develop really is just stop yourself and just say, 
Why did they do that? Right. I cannot tell you. That is sort of the story of me and Robbie. That That is the thing that will hang us up. Mm. Uh, yeah. or that, that is the thing that will trip us up, rather. We right. have to go to a break. Sorry. So, unfortunately, and we will be right back. Hurry with up. John and Andrew Taylor. See <laughs> 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 you in a bit. <laughs> and we are back. So, so, be curious, not critical. This single thing, as I mentioned, definitely trips us up because Robbie and I, we are, we are very similar in, in our approach to things and we, for the most part, have... No, we're not. Yeah, yes, we are. And shut up. <laughs> uh, we are not wired the same. Definitely and I not. cannot tell you how many times I have to keep reminding him, we're not wired the same. You do things your way. Mm-hmm. You have your style. I have mine. So sometimes when I do something that is that Robbie disapproves of or doesn't understand, he goes critical first instead of being curious. Why did you, instead of saying, why did you choose to do it that way? You say, why did you choose to do it that way? Well, like, no, not, that's what you hear. That's not like, what I said. It, there is, <laughs> it's where this is so essential to what I feel is our, is our fundamental it, and it, it, Thank you. It, it is. Thank you for, uh, saying it like that because it, it it has been probably our biggest stumbling block and and it's a shared thing i take responsibility for how i come across and i think that for me if there's something and you used the term messing up earlier when you were talking about if i mess up then i then if you mess up then i do this right and for me it was always your defensive nature that kept me from stopping the conversation because if you're defensive, you're not really hearing what it is that I have to say about what it is that just happened. You're too busy defending the position but that see, you were in. And then when you do that, then you take me on a little path to justify how you got to that decision. And to me, that is counterproductive to actually getting to a solution, as opposed to just saying, oh, you're right. I fucked up. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. And at that point, there's no reason for me to pursue it anymore. So that's been the argument, but okay. I'd like to have... Okay, let me just say one thing, and then and mm-hmm. then we'll let John Andrew talk. Yes. Uh, <laughs> because I tend to talk to him too much. But here's mm. here, this is... Thank you for bringing this up, because I would much rather you, you be more curious, less critical, as to why I chose to do it the way I did it. And this is, I think, you know, your, your hair trigger response is criticism instead of curiosity. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Go ahead, you guys. And that, that is absolutely spot on, guys. You're, you're hitting the nail right on the head there. And actually, what you've done there, Robbie, with your response, is you've gone straight from habit one into habit two. Because mm-hmm. the way you respond, I, I, learned, I learned this the hard way, and I think many of us Do you mean Robbie or Trevor? No, it's what Robbie said okay. there. When you said, you said, why did you do it like that? Okay. Or whatever you said there. The way you respond is usually the beginning of a whole different argument. <laughs> That's your favorite line, isn't Which has it? <laughs> got nothing to do with the actual argument. Right. We've now moved on to w- the way you responded. We've yeah. forgotten about, you know, whatever it was that you said that upset us, how you said what you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why our habit too is be careful not crushing in the way that you respond. In a conflict situation, you've got to be really careful how you respond. So if we just marry those two up and, you know, John's so right that, you know, habit one and habit two are so closely related. Well, all four of them actually, because 
even though intellectually we know that we're unique individuals and that the other person will obviously think, feel and respond differently to how we do, we tend to get surprised every time they do something different from what we expected. And it's these unmet expectations that cause us to show up differently and maybe criticize instead of just pause for a minute remember that you're wired differently there's a whole session we could do on you know the the male female brain which is wired differently or parental or cultural backgrounds or different work styles or different communication styles the different ways that we feel loved and appreciated as a whole you know day's session on its own And because we have these differences, we hear things differently, we respond differently. And that's why being curious, developing the automatic response of wanting to find out what's the thinking that's driving what you're seeing, being more curious than critical, is a it's it's a new habit to develop because none of us is wired to automatically be curious. We're wired to be critical because yes. you're not being like me and I expect you to be like me. Yeah. Well, expectations, that's exactly the word yeah. that Andrew just used there. The expectation is that, you know, the, these hopes and dreams and desires that I came into the relationship with, I've handed them over to you and I've said now to you, off you go, go make those happen for me. And when you don't, then I've got a problem with that. <laughs> and, and, and all of a sudden, those expectations have become your responsibility to deliver them. Right. And do you know what what the biggest challenges for most couples is or is 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 um, in in a relationship? No. It's, it generally comes down to household chores, something as simple as that. And the re, the reason is because my expectation is that you're going to do the cooking, I'm going to do the whatever, I'm going to take the kids to the school, you're going to do the ironing, and, and the expectations that I have that you know that come from maybe my background, what I saw mom and dad do, or what they didn't do, or whoever I happen to grow up with. And now all of a sudden, I'm just assuming that your, our relationship is going to be exactly the same like that. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't pan out, I've got a problem with that because you're expected to be like me, right? Yeah. And the same with write, the way you write documents, the way mm-hmm. you think and approach work. All those things just become unmet expectations. And that's why habit two, being careful, not crushing, is such an important habit to develop. Because when we turn up with those unmet expectations and the frustration that usually surrounds them, we can come in there with the default response of, you've upset me, I'm going to show you why, and I'm going to crush you in the process, you know, depending on what we learned in how we manage anger or how we deal with frustration. And also the fact that we each have one of four natural conflict resolution styles. Yeah. But the core of each of those styles is about protecting me because that's our default wiring as well. Right. And so the, the, we can either turn up determined to win at all costs, which is totally a, about crushing the other person and showing them why your way is right. Which is Andrew's default, by the way. She, <laughs> she's learned to control it a little bit now, but that was her default when we met. It probably still is my default, but I've learned to pause or I'm learning to pause. But that's why we keep doing these things so we get better and better because it literally is unlearning the natural default styles that we have and on purpose programming ourselves to respond better, to turn up better and to have better conversations during the conflict process. So um, the first style is win. 
The other style is yield, which is just giving in, not necessarily agreeing, but, uh, and John does this a lot, or used um, to giving, do this. You're just given for a simple life. Because, you know, you might want to win all the time as well. But, you know, some, if, if, you, if both of you want to win, you know where that's going to go. You're just going to yeah. be arguing, arguing all the time. So sometimes for an easier life, it's easier to yield. But actually, There's you'll, only, a challenge you'll only yield to a point. And then actually what happens is when you've yielded enough, you just get to the point where you think, you know what? I'm done with this nonsense. Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to yield anymore. And then you'll respond for the simplest, most ridiculous thing. You then dig your heels and you say, you know what? I'm going to win this time. And then you can, you know that kind of conversation never goes too well. We, yeah. And, and what's interesting is that you encounter these issues, two strong-willed people that have yeah. not really been guided by what is actually supposed to be the correct way of doing things. We have our own way of doing things. And yep. you come to loggerheads. And it's it's so easy to really just fight like two rams hitting each other constantly. And it took both of us to take a step back and say, okay, there's got to be a better way of dealing with these type of conflicts. So habit number two, be careful not crushing. Sounds to me, it's like another way of saying, I can't remember the exact words, but would you rather be right or would, what's the, would you rather be right or would you rather be, I know what you know what I'm saying? About, yeah, what's more important? The relationship um, or being right. Yeah, yeah. that kind of reminds me. Being of right, of course. <laughs> You'd be right when you be on your own. And, yeah. and, <laughs> well, well, but at least you're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. The other two um, conflict resolution styles aren't that helpful either. And, and you know, people on the call or, or yourselves might recognize them. Um, the withdrawing, which is a default style for people who generally can't deal with conflict situations at all. It overwhelms them and they need to just pull themselves completely away. Head for the door. From just the, head for the door. The They've got to get out of there. They've so got to get out. So you can just imagine what happens when you have somebody who wants to win and wants to argue the point to death and somebody who wants to withdraw and just run away from it. Um, and we need to know our natural default style so we can give people grace in the process to just meet them where they are and find a way forwards together when they're able to deal with it. And then the fourth one is usually the style that people think is the way to deal with conflict, but it's not. And that's negotiating or compromising. And a, a story I heard that helps explain why compromising isn't the answer is of a child uh, who was, uh, there are two brothers, one of them, there was a cupcake and the, the one asked the dad, can I cut this cupcake? Of course, in his head thinking, I want to make it <laughs> favorable the slice that I get and the dad in his wisdom said yes you can cut the cupcake but your brother gets to choose the first piece <laughs> so you can you can just imagine Smart. the precision <laughs> yes <laughs> that you, you know the, with with compromise it's about only giving as much as you need to give before you can get your own way so it's still very me-centered it's, it's just transactional yeah right? so and who wants a relationship that's transactional nobody signed up for that yeah, we we signed up for a bit of fun, a bit of you know excitement, not just a transaction, and, and that's what compromise does. And and so what you're really working towards is the developing the skills where you can really listen to each other, really hear what the the core issue is, stay focused on that core issue without dragging in the past and lots of other things that take you down other arguments or other dead ends, and find a solution that's more creative, that's 
us centered rather yeah. than me centered. And, and in habit, habit uh, two, what we yeah. do is we say to people, you need to learn how to manage conflict effectively. And we're going to talk about that in a moment. I see where we're going to be coming to a break shortly. Yes, we are. But yeah. we have so much to go over. So we are going to go to our third break. I don't know. can't even uh, keep track anymore. I don't know. Third but, break. Uh, so we'll be right back with more from Andrea and John Taylor Cummings. And we are back. Habit number three, ask, don't assume. So this just picks up with what we were talking about in habit number two, be careful, not crushing. Because at the heart of conflict arguments is some struggle either over power or and control or wanting to be respected and recognized or wanting closeness and care. And learning to ask rather than assume is to understand the, the core values. We all have these things that we hold dear to us that sometimes we don't even realize how important they are to us until they get um, challenged or broken. So learning to ask is to find out from the other person's perspective what's driving them, what are the things that they really value, what are the things that is at the core of being challenged, is it fear, is it insecurity, just pausing, listening and really being able to go to the root of the thing that's being challenged regardless of how somebody shows up in the conflict situation and you know in the TED talk for example we gave the, 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 the core issue was the way they felt respected in different ways. So the husband felt respected by his wife doing for him what his mom did for the dad, because that's how he interpreted respect. She interpreted respect as being more of an equal partner in the relationship and doing things together and having her husband involved in home stuff and in looking after the children. So sometimes you might be arguing about one thing, but the core of what's driving you is the value that's being trampled over, for Mm. want of a better Mm. word. So learning to ask what's going on and not just assume or stereotype and just be able to get the other person's perspective and walk in their shoes for a bit will help you build trust and respect in the relationship. And it's all about mindset, I was going to say there, because trust really comes from how we respond when people make choices. And unfortunately, a lot of relationships, people tend to... When something goes wrong, people kind of assume the worst. And we kind of do that because we want to cover our own um, downside. Nobody wants to feel like um, they got it wrong. So if, if it's almost like you guess something is going to go bad and then it goes bad, then you don't feel so bad. But <laughs> guess what? You, you're kind of calling it to be bad. And we're saying in relationship land, what you really want to be doing is think the best. It's not easy to do sometimes. But if you think the best, sometimes there, there, is, a, there is actually a good reason why people did what they did. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you assume the worst, it just takes you into a negative spiral and you end up going down pretty quickly. Yeah. And, okay. and it, it kind of destroys trust in the relationship, respect, all that kind of stuff. So we're saying ask in situations where you're not sure why somebody did what they did. Ask them why they did what they did. <laughs> don't just assume. Yes. Don't assume they did it for a bad reason because you're onto a... Onto a um, a, a non-winner. What's the best, better way of saying that? But yeah, you're, it's, you're a, a, it's a no-win situation. It's a no-win situation. You're yeah. heading for a bad, bad place there. Uh, so habit number three: ask, don't assume. Sounds a little bit like habit number one: be curious, not critical. In that, you got to give the person some an opportunity to explain themselves. What was yes. the thinking? What was the th- without criticism? Explain your thinking. Explain the the method. You know, what were what was behind this your is choice? A big part of our issue, though, and I have to question this because I think that when you do explain yourself, you are justifying 
that path that got you to that decision. Uh, no, I'm not and justifying that, it. I don't want you. I don't want you to think I'm an idiot. So mm-hmm. it's really important for me to to explain to you my thinking and my reasoning and the logic behind it, so that you don't think I'm, you know, right. But I, I think that in past experiences, that journey has not helped your case. You hear it as defensiveness. I hear it as defensiveness. I hear it as just exp. exp- Explanatory. Right. So let's go to the experts. What 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 say you on this? <laughs> I say it's a learning journey, and starting with the mindset that you're in each other's corner. Yeah. If you can, if you can just pause and think, okay, we're on the same side here. We're 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 emotionally missing each other. What's going on? So habit one talks about fundamental differences that you have that you'll approach things from different styles, different perspectives. Habit three talks about the core value that's driving the behavior. So not the thing on the surface, what's going on underneath. And it's a real skill and habit to be able to have the courageous conversations that make you feel a bit vulnerable to say, when you said this to me, it created a fear or it created an insecurity or it made me feel so disrespected because you might be talking about a thing but it's not really about the thing. Mm. It's what's going on. on, It's what it's doing to your self-esteem, what it's doing to memories you might have had of previous uh, experiences that made you feel valued or undervalued. What is it doing to the core of you? That's what habit three is about. How can we have those tough conversations about deeply held values and beliefs? Yeah. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Robbie, does it make sense? <laughs> you 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 like having, having four, Robbie. Let's move on to that one. Then. Okay, yeah. having number four. Having con- four. Connect, connect before you correct. Absolutely. Let me let me repeat. Connect before you correct. Absolutely. And then that one there. I heard you oh, twice oh. the first time. Yeah, good, 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 good. And the challenge that a lot of us have have in that one, guys, is we always like to. Get, everybody loves giving constructive feedback. Uh, we, you know, we, something that doesn't go the way we want it to go, we, we, we jump in there with a bit of correction. Why don't you do it this way? Do it differently. And if anybody, if, if, you, if you have kids and not everybody has kids, but that's a clearly a great way, way to learn it. If you want to be able to give an instruction to somebody, you've got to have a relationship with them for them to be able to hear you. And the only reason I put kids in there is because anybody who has kids knows that teens, kids, especially <laughs> teens, they will not listen to you unless they have a good reason to do that. And you've got to have a good relationship. Otherwise, they'll, they're off. They'll, they'll do their own thing there. So what we say is unless you can build that relationship by connecting with them, you basically are hiding to nothing. You've got no chance of being able to give that correcting. So to be able to, it's almost like you have permission now to correct once you have the relationship. Yeah. So in a relationship, you need to connect. And how do you do that? Well, people want to feel loved, valued, special, uh, treasured. And unfortunately, we all want to do that in different ways. And a great tool that we, we use when we talk about this is the five love languages. I know you guys have come across that from Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. But he talks about we all have five different ways in which we all want to feel valued, special, loved, appreciated. Mm-hmm. And they're all different. Some people want to feel touch. Some people want um, words. They, they've got to hear it. Some people want... Um, uh, what is it now? A gift, gifts, something gifts. tangible. Some people, it's acts of service and quality, quality time, time is, the, is the fifth one. And unless you can speak the language of the other person, they ain't going to hear you. 
you're, you're speaking. It's almost like you're speaking into a void. You're just wasting yeah. your time. It's, it's water off a duck's back. It's the other way of thinking right. about it. So You've the got way to speak their language. Yeah, the way we always say it is, people go where they feel welcomed, but they stay where they feel valued. So the challenge that we have is, if we value the relationship, is to make sure people know how valued and appreciated they are consistently because we're far better at giving constructive yeah. feedback than we are at staying connected and that's the key point yeah and one with, i mean i sorry. i know there's the show there's a limit to the amount of time we could talk for for days oh, on no this kidding. stuff here we, we kind of package a lot of this stuff in our um, there's an ebook that we give out a free ebook called why some relationships work and others don't and you know you can download it free on our website if you just go to the habits.com forward slash download ebook you can get that there and we also have the, the Four Habits course. We, we deliver live workshops, but unless people are prepared to fly to the UK at the moment, that may be a little bit far for some of your audiences on the, on the West Coast. We're, we're happy to fly. We'll, we'll come and see you if that's an option. <laughs> That'd be great. Happy to do that. But well, if not, we have an online course, which is, the, if, if you again, you just go to learn.thefourhabits.com, you can get to the online course there. And we've got a, um, a special deal going. We did a special deal for you guys. If you just use the discount code done being single, you get 75% off that course. We've packaged it specially um, until uh, December 21st this year. To the uh, end of 31st. The year. To the end December of 31st, I beg your pardon. Right the end, to the end, end of the year. year. Can you uh, say, that, say that again exactly? Deal. So how do they apply that, that code? So if they go to learn.thefourhabits.com and you'll see the, the courses. The four, it's called Four Habits for Great Relationships. And you can buy it for seventy five percent off, which is forty nine pounds seventy five. It's about sixty five dollars, I think, US dollars at uh, current exchange rates. Great. But you've got to use the discount code "done being single." All is one word: done being single. I think your listeners can probably Love spell that. that one, right? I yes. think I hope they can, but you never know. <laughs> wow, this has been incredible. Yeah. I, to to our listeners, yes. I I just want to say, learn from these people. They are not only inspiring; they are insightful. I'm talking about you and, and Andrea and John. Follow follow up with their their courses and their ebooks. Robbie and I are going to because there are certain guests we have on the sh- the shows that really really move me and make me think. And you two, you really did. And I just I can't say enough about you and everything that you offer. And I wish you lived here, but that's okay because we can stay in touch. And our to our <laughs> listeners again, follow up, download their stuff, buy their stuff. They're great. They're an amazing resource for you. All right. Well, thank you both so much for being on the show. It's been a great hour. And it's, uh, been, it's been awesome. Great, great fun. We've thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, really too. It's absolutely been our pleasure. And just keep on the journey you're on to keep discovering and learning about each other and developing the four habits together. Thank, thank you, you so much. We're going to kiss and then we're going to fight, right? Because oh. let's do it. Let's, <laughs> well, you know, fight like, well. well. <laughs> And then we are going to. No, no. Oh, sorry. Okay. Romantic. Yes. That's what it means. Okay. All right. Uh, John and Andrea, thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and fun. we are done being single, and we'll be back again next week with a new show. So... Thank you. Have a great week. Thank you. I'm Shadow Stevens with my friends Trevor and Robbie. See you next week on Done Being Single.